Lover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. Olivia, how's it going? Doing good. How about you? You thought I was going to do the mantra, and then I skipped right past that. You we got right, right down to business. Just dove right in. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Thanks for joining us today. This is a podcast about films and TV uh, from the perspective of two people who live in flyover country. They never make movies and TV about where we live. Um, the three things we're talking about today are not really that American fiction, not set in flyover country zone of interest. Definitely not set in flyover. You could say it is flyover country, but a different kind of flyover uh, sure, yeah. country. And then mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith set in, are they in DC or New York? I think they're in New York. Yeah. At least in the first episode. Yeah, it's New York because he asked her, John asks Jane where if she's like ever been to the city before. Yeah. Ever been in New York City. Yeah. So So we're gonna get into the details. American Fiction and Zone of Interest both nominated for five Oscars. Uh Olivia and I both got to see those two weekends ago. Right. You saw American Fiction before me, but Yeah. I saw American. Did you see them in the same weekend? Yes. Okay, so I saw American Fiction the week before, and I saw Zone of Interest the same weekend you saw it. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting into it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to hit some mailbag questions to start with, and uh, mm-hmm. then we're going to keep going. So you want to take our first mailbag question? I, I do. I also, I want you to know that I wrote down my answers to these because I Okay, I'm like doing mine top of the dome, so... Okay, great. Yeah. I love that. Love that for <laughs> both of us. All right. From Rachel Sims, a.k.a. your sister. Soon to be published your... author. Soon to be published author. I actually genuinely, Rachel, if you're listening to this, I can't wait to read your book. I'm so excited. Yep. yep. Anyway. It's uh, called Living everyone... with Unmet Longing. Thank you. I was about to ask uh, what it was. So, thank or maybe you that's that. the subtitle. I think that's the subtitle. Rachel, don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. We can look it up later. Yeah. Who are your three celebrity crushes? Everyone has to answer. Do you? Do we want to answer three or go back and forth? Let's just answer three. Yeah, you do your three, and okay. I'll do my three. Okay, my three. I also am including my very first celebrity crush which is Jesse McCartney. I included Ryan Gosling and Robert Pattinson. Nice. Okay. So, okay. Short kings in there. Not Are they? Fast, but Ryan. Jesse McCartney is short. I know he is short. And I do not think Ryan Gosling is very tall. Really? I thought that he was. We'll look it up later. That's that, that's right uh, that's the uh, that's the asterisk hashtag of this uh, episode. We'll look it up later. Or you're looking it up now. <laughs> I'm looking it up My, now. Mine are um, uh, Karen Gillan, Sandra Bullock, mm. and oh, I don't know. I yeah, I I have no idea on on my See? third. Oh oh oh, yeah. uh, Zazie Beats. Oh okay. Like those nice. those are my okay. three. Top of the dome. Yeah. Karen Gillan. Um. See. My Jesse McCartney equivalent is Kirsten Dunst because of Spider-Man. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. The the rain scene, transformative movie scene <laughs> for me as a young man. And 
but but like but she's she's not she's not that for me anymore she's amazing i love watching her and whatever but but yeah now it's karen gillen has like kind of taken that that's fair uh, that's yeah. also how i feel about jess mccartney like he's aged well yeah i think oh i could sub him in for zach efron zach, that's who's zach efron Ooh, especially sure. now like oh my gosh oh, yeah he is aged so well he's a ham sandwich he's, let me tell you he is. <laughs> butter me up oh my goodness um so also speaking of people who age well sandra bullock phenomenal yep. mm -hmm. gorgeous what a queen mommy sorry <laughs> oh man i had uh, one right. of our friends uh in college uh michael palazzi uh oh i remember gosh. being at a <laughs> being at a bachelor party with him and we we had hit the ipas pretty hard and uh <laughs> we were laying on the floor and we were talking about like the Sandra Bullock cross section of celebrities who was like, they don't look like they're 50. They don't look like they're 40, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, Sandra Bullock, like top, top of the list for me. Like it is his number one. She's, she's his number one. And he, he said, she's in the hot mom squad. She's a hot mom. She's in the hot mom squad. She he said it like five or six different variations with hot mom squad in there oh my god and is a yeah never forgotten it so hot mom squad hot mom squad. i mean it's true yeah so. um i'm gonna jump to our next question that's a great one to start great. us off with uh top three anticipated movies of the year this is from desi lay what's up desi lay uh we go back and forth on this because we got a we got a list um, we wouldn't we be do. podcasters if we didn't have an Excel spreadsheet with anticipated movies in there. Mine are, uh, well, my first one is Dune Part 2. Is Dune Part 2 nice. up there for you? It is. Have I didn't had put to it on the list because I knew, I knew you were going to talk about it. And so I was like, I'm just not even going to. Also, it feels like since it's coming out so soon, mm -hmm. I was thinking like later in the year. Although my first one, I think, is coming out pretty soon. I have Driveway Dolls. Yep. Yep. I have that on my list, even though I think that's coming out soon. It's not coming out as soon, I think, as Dune is. Mm -hmm. So, what's number two? Number two for me is probably Megalopolis because it's been like such a long time coming. That's a new mo movie from Francis Ford Coppola. Um, Adam Driver's oh, yeah. in it. I'll watch anything with mm -hmm. Adam Driver in it. Aubrey Plaza sure. plays his wife, apparently. Those two, honestly, what a great pairing. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And then um, everybody knows I'm excited for the bike riders, so I'm not going to like spend more time on it. My third would probably be Furiosa. I think that's my, okay. those, those would probably be my top three if I had to choose right okay, now. Okay, I have Furiosa as well. Uh, and then I also have the Fall Guy. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I just, again, I think I talked about this with Barbie. I, I am at the point in my life where I will see anything that Ryan Gosling is in and also go. Emily Blunt is in, in the fall guy. And so what a, what a pairing. So I'm excited about that. What a pair. What a pair. I think it could be clever too. Um, did you see the movie, the film, uh, bullet train? No. And like, I want to see it, even though I know it's like, it didn't get great reviews. I kind of just want to see it. Cause it feels, I guess for like a bird, what just happened? Did I have a stroke? Back of a letter Lack word. Lack of a better word. 
<laughs> I, I just had a stroke my bad everyone um for lack of a better word it feels kind of cinematic and just like really fun yep and so i, I want to see it for that reason and probably that that's the only reason i'd be curious so like i bullet train did not work for me like i didn't sure. think i didn't think it was funny i think brad pitt was trying too hard or there wasn't like enough like the right direction i think david leach is great so i mm-hmm. think that maybe the fall game the fall guy might be the good like the buttons might be pressed the right way sure so who knows all right that's our that's our right. you want to go or go to our next Smellious two two three character. questions starting us off yeah i just realized that so smelliest main character tom hanks and castaway has to be up there from swagular um the swagular strikes back the swagular strikes back i have robert pattinson and willem dafoe in the lighthouse i just i'm not yep yep you and i you and i have the same brain (laughs) that's literally what i was gonna say so we can just move on all right great (laughs) i just know it smells so bad that I don't do, okay. like. I don't watch movies and usually have a like. Oh, I bet that smells terrible. Unless it's like something really gross, you know. Uh-huh. That's one of those movies yeah. where I'm like, I bet it smells horrible in that room. Though. Yeah, there's no way it didn't. Or like any like I think zombie movie. Yeah, you know it smells bad. You know it does. But yeah, I I think those two characters in the lighthouse smelled terrible. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Return of the Swagular Eleven best needle drops. Are there any better than Ocean Man and OG SpongeBob? Okay, Olivia, <laughs> as we have dis- okay. dis- discussed and established many a time on this podcast, I've not watched all of SpongeBob. I've barely seen all of or any of SpongeBob. So you got to sing Ocean Man for me, just a little no, bit. No, right I here. can't. I, okay, I was like, oh, let me think. Uh, I'll play Yaz flute while you do it. Okay, all right, all right. Um, it goes something like "Ocean Man," no, 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 "Ocean Man." I don't know the words. Nice, but I do. I do remember the first time I watched the SpongeBob SquarePants movie and hearing "Ocean Man" and just being like, "Yeah, this is it. This, this is, is it. this is it. This is what this is what movies are supposed to feel like." Um, nice. I so I did, it, but it did like debut eight. on a movie. A SpongeBob movie or a? It was episode? on the movie, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it cool. was in the movie. Yeah, the first right one. On. So yeah, do you have an answer to best needle drop? Well, you know how like Fortunate Son is like way overplayed. Like every yes, absolutely. So every so that was one that came to mind as like a kind of edge lord meme lord sort of like mm-hmm. rip off, but that's not my real answer. Um. I'm not I okay here here's a hot take like I get psyched at a needle drop but I don't love needle drops you know what I mean sure. I, you don't you don't it's like manipulative in like an appropriate way uh-huh so sure. I would say I mean like any of the ones in um Gardens of the Galaxy are really good mm-hmm. uh, but like but when like, uh Led Zeppelin comes on and well I guess it's a and, Thor movie not yeah Guardians Thor of the Galaxy, yeah, yeah but but I agree, yeah. Or like Guardians when Black Gun. Adam... James Gunn is really good at it. Black Adam, paint it black. Did that actually happen? That, that like, did, that... yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Apparently okay. it did in sure. Black Adam. Sure, sure. 
sure, sure, sure. So, no, so while you like eleven, you should sure. tell us yours, your uh, favorite needle drop. I, I think that Ocean Man and OG SpongeBob is oh true. Is Ocean Man is la, da, da. Um, I do have a couple of answers to this. Okay. One. Uh, in bottoms, whenever they like fight, and Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne's uh, complicated comes on. Took me out. (laughs) It was just so funny because I wasn't expecting that. Was it in like slow motion too? Or yes, yeah, (laughs) yes, yeah. So I have that one. I have a gun from uh, Transformers. Oh yeah, I think that one is just—it's so iconic, and like people have made fun of it. It's become a meme now, but like it's so. I remember again. I just remember that feeling watching that movie. Yeah, it does go so hard. And then yeah. another one that goes so hard, but in a like a different way, is um, in Shrek Two when holding out for a hero comes on, oh, yeah. and the fairy godmother is singing it. Oh, man, what? Just honestly, we need to talk about Shrek Two more often. Like that's that's a that is a fantastic sequel, cinematic masterpiece. You know, I've seen Shrek Two probably like twelve or thirteen times, and I've seen Shrek like twice. Because we had, huh. for some reason, we had Shrek 2 on DVD and we didn't have Shrek 1. And my mom only rented Shrek 1 like once. So I, man, I don't know if I think Shrek 2 or 1 is, is better, but I feel like I, feel like I remember yeah. more from 2. I think, I don't know, they're both so good. It's so hard to decide. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Those are good answers. Definitely more nuanced than my answers. Yeah. What trailers from the Super Bowl got you most excited? I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch. I watched the third and fourth quarters and left before overtime had finished. Um, So I didn't see any movie trailers. I watched Deadpool 3, Deadpool and Wolverine, as it is called. Deadpool and Wolverine, yeah. On my mobile phone. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, Here's the thing. Not a great selection. It wasn't. Also, something that I think is annoying is how many of the trailers were like teasers that just said full trailers out online now. And it's like, just show me the full trailer now. Yep. Like, I realize it costs a lot of money, but also. What's what was the point? Um, The only teaser I would have been I would have accepted was uh, bottoms to full trailer out now. I would have. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Spent the rest sure. of the Super Bowl watching that trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Deadpool and Wolverine, uh, the Quiet Place prequel, and then Twisters. There was the Twisters trailer that I had. Our guy seen, Lee Isaac so. Chung. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a disappointing year for trailers as far as the, the Super Bowl commercials as a whole were disappointing this year. As they have been for the past five or six years. I'm not going to turn this episode into a Deadpool and Wolverine trailer breakdown discussion. But two things that got me. I I, I started watching this trailer. And. On your mobile phone. On my mobile phone. As I said. Flown. Flown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and. I I I can't help it, Olivia. Like Ryan Gosling, like I've I haven't described him as such, but like pe- some people have described him as like the anti-hero 
or like the antichrist of movies because he's been in like yes. free guy and red notice mm-hmm. and like some other bad bad movies he gets me like he i can't help it and like i think that's the power of ryan gosling or ryan reynolds did i say ryan gosling earlier no you said reynolds okay that's the power of ryan reynolds like th- like the pegging joke I just, oh my gosh. I, like, I can't, I can't help it. Like he, he just yeah. delivers things. And then he looked at the camera and it's just, I just, it just gets me. And I'm like, okay, fine, yeah. fine. Take my money now. I don't care. Like, sure. yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that this movie was, the script was written by um, two of the writers from Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah. Like the sisters. I'm pretty sure. Let's there were like go. a set of like two sisters that wrote for Bob's Burgers that I think wrote the script for Deadpool and Wolverine. So, I mean, I'm real intrigued by that. Also, Tom from Matthew McFadden, yep, yeah, and he's got his British that, accent. He's not having to do an American he, accent. Yeah. Hey, it, buddy. Hey, buddy. Greg. Greg. I don't know. Um, it's just so funny. I freaking yeah. love Succession. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. We will be doing a full episode on Deadpool and Wolverine. So that, I mean, like probably other things too, but like we will be talking about that and kind of the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe later on this year. Uh, is that coming out in July or June? Or May? I think it's May. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'll just look it up. You keep talking. Deadpool 3, July 26. Okay, so I will be the father of two children by then, and Woo-hoo. we will be potting. It's happening. Um, so anyway, we can move on. What are I some really movies? What did you say? I when you said we will be potting, I'm really upset. We can we can block we can bleep this out if we want to. But the thought was we will be potting, we will not be pegging. I'm really sorry. I there we go. Thought. There we go. Hey, so I like sorry. it. I appreciate Great. it. I think it's funny. Great. Uh, what are some movies or franchises ready to be remade from Nathan Street 12? Do you have an Did answer, you have an answer to, this? to this? Um, um here, here was my answer. Okay. And do with this what you will. So less of like movies or franchises that need to be remade and more of like adaptations of like Shakespeare or Jane Austen, like classic literature with like a modern retelling. And I know that's not the same thing as like a remake, Mm -hmm. but like I think you could take a Taming of the Shrew and not necessarily do the same thing as 10 Things I Hate About You, but maybe an updated, an even more updated version of that, you know, of that story or same with like, I realized we got an Emma movie a few years ago, but you could do a modern version of Emma and it doesn't have to be exactly like clueless, but it could be something similar, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So. It's a good you, word. Do you have an answer? Thank you. I don't. Uh, I just want, ev- I want them to stop making Transformers movies because I like, I know that, um, did you see the Beast Wars one? No, I forgot about that one. I forgot it came out. Uh, did you? I did, and it kind of bummed me out. And it kind of like... It kind of made me realize that nobody can do Transformers like Michael Bay. 
But then, like, even sure. Steven Spielberg had to tell Michael Bay to stop making Transformers movies. <laughs> so, did you know that? He was like, you need no, to do something I don't else. It's just really funny to think about. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I, I'm, I'm franchised out. We need some, we need some real, we need some real good original stories. And, I think the only one that came to mind was like maybe the Rocketeer. Cause that, oh, sure. that's like some steampunk cool. Like we just need new creativity in terms of like new worlds, new places, new, like I watched insidious a couple like last weekend with Jess and this production design on that movie is incredible. It feels like a real kind of place, even though it's, Feels a phantom like a place. It feels like a movie. Yeah. So anyway, that's my response. I, yeah, I I was trying to think through this and I think like movies that we think of as being like really iconic and fantastic and great don't need to be remade. And so it's hard for me to think back through like, okay, so what are some movies from like my childhood that could use a remake i'm like i don't want any of those movies to have a remake you know um but then there's there's maybe lesser known movies that weren't as successful or maybe flopped that could could be remade and be made into something really great i mean like dune for example is a remake and it didn't as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong in the original run it it was not it was not uh great but here we are, highly anticipating part two of Dune. Yeah. So, so I think it has to be something like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know. You could, I don't know. I'm looking at my shelf to see if there's any bad movies that you could just. I don't know. Ghost Rider. Why not? You know, there hasn't been a good Ghost Rider. <sighs> Yeah. But there might be down the road. There could be. Yeah. Not right now, probably, but down the road, I think. Yeah. Um so. you want to talk about American fiction? Let's talk about some fiction that's American. Let's talk about Jeffrey Wright and one of the funniest probably the funniest Oscar nom for best picture this year. Um American fiction is the story of a writer who is kind of over the expectations that are put on black artists to produce certain stereotypes of what they expect Mm -hmm. of black people and in a kind of semi-drunken stupor writes a fake black exploitation uh retelling of a of his upbringing that did not occur and he gets thrust into all sorts of shenanigans because of it. Um, so I watched this movie following the weekend before Jess and I saw the Ava DuVernay movie origin, which mm-hmm. caused us to sob uncontrollably multiple times. So hard. The entire yep. movie. Yep. Yep. I knew you had this same experience. Yeah. And the day before I saw, uh, American fiction. I saw Zone of Interest, also with Jess, and I just, just was like, I need to watch something light and fun. 
And American mm-hmm. fiction has an incredible balance of like cleverness and fun and wit with some kind of deep, serious questions that is not pointed or kind of insistent on this is the answer. And mm-hmm. it's very freeing to kind of view a story that's got a great sense of humor and also a sort of resignment about, I don't know, like Hollywood is this way. The world, the world is this way. And, um, and it's kind of amazing that you want to hang out with Jeffrey Wright, this whole movie, because he's kind of a grumpy old man the whole time, mm-hmm. but you just, mm-hmm. you just love hanging with him. And I, I, I love this movie. I really, really loved it. what do you think about it? I really enjoyed it. It was, I, I mean, I laughed multiple times. I think, I don't know if I've seen Jeffrey Wright in very many comedic roles. I feel like I've seen him in more serious roles or in stuff like, um, like Wes Anderson movies, or I think he was in Catching Fire. Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's, that I forget his name. the first thing I saw him in. Yeah. So, which Catching Fire is not really a funny movie because those movies are about children murdering each other. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so I think this was probably the most comedic role I've seen him in. And he was, he was really funny the whole time. And the way that this movie ends, just kind of jumping to that, like the way this movie ends makes you really think through like how layered it is. And mm-hmm. how many different moving parts there are. And I, I kind of want to go back and like rewatch it just to see just to see if there's things I can pick up on for like if they like have anything alluding to or foreshadowing the ending. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that it's it's smart and clever and a lot of fun. Not enough Tracy Ellis Ross though. That is that is my, my break with this movie. Pretty tough. I don't I, no, no spoilers for why Tracy Ellis Ross is only in as much of the movie as she is, but I was kind of slack jawed when all that was yeah. happening. And yeah. it's pretty it's pretty tough. Yeah. Um Sterling K, Sterling K. Brown is awesome. I thought he was really funny in a very different way. Like he was like really annoying. But also, the, his because he plays Jeffrey Wright's brother in the movie, and so their relationship, I think, is is a really great depiction of kind of a contentious sibling relationship, but yeah. one where you both like you know that they still care for each other. Um, this is not Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. This is no Sterling K. Brown on the skids, coming out smoking or not smoking snorting coke the whole movie yeah <laughs> so funny. he is playing justin hartley's character from this is us essentially mm-hmm. if that character was even more unhinged i think yep. <laughs> so life on yeah, the skins, no, basically yeah just so unhinged but so funny so um what what about this movie for you, Isaac? Stuck out to you? What you know? Why do you think? I don't know if this is a, a helpful question for me to ask. But I'm going to ask it anyway. We can take it out if if we don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know what made it 
movie like best movie or best picture uh worthy for you i i think that it i think the tone um i love uh sean fantasy interviewed cord jefferson the writer director of this movie cord jefferson was a writer on um i don't know if you knew this he was a writer on watchmen oh was he also a writer on atlanta maybe i i know that he wrote on master of none okay so he's had he's been writing on a lot of different things, which has been cool. Um, but he had an amazing uh, interview with Sean Fennessy, and he basically talked about how his expectations for Hollywood, like when he started developing this in, during the pandemic, uh, there's so much happening in 2020. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he basically said, well, maybe things will get better and this movie won't be relevant. And then things did not get better. And mm-hmm. it just kind of remained relevant. And I think that's, I think that's awesome that this something is like, this is just continuing to be timely. Um, The circumstances are unfortunate that it is Mm -hmm. timely, but I thought it was just a different way of pointing out a lot of inconsistencies in our culture and specifically the, the entertainment industry, like the, Mm -hmm. um, the character, that Adam Brody is playing is hilarious, but also, oh my gosh. also you're like, man, there are people like that in Hollywood. Seriously. Like they mm-hmm. think they're good guys and they're just kind of part of the problem. The scene in, in, that was so fun and freeing to be able to laugh at these things that like Cord Jefferson clearly thinks are so funny, like mm-hmm. just over the top, like every black person is like this, um, mm-hmm. sort of jokes. Um, are funny because because it's it's just not true like it's it's not mm-hmm. and and that's the whole thing that that's like the heart of the movie whenever um jeffrey wright is having a pretty intense conversation with Issa lopez's character and they have very different views of the world but she doesn't have as much of a problem of like yeah i'm i wrote and i put my heart and soul into this and also i'm making a lot of money from this book that's like kind of sure, not yeah. a great representation of black people. And it's just very like skillfully and like sensitively engaged with. And, um, and like I learned a lot from watching it, but I also thought it was really funny because they, Adam Brody, the way that Adam Brody and uh, Jeffrey Wright decide to end the movie is just so over the top and ludicrous. And mm-hmm. and Jeffrey mm-hmm. Wright settles for it because he's like, well, I'm going to get a massive payday. So I don't yeah. really care. And it's just awesome. It's just really like, uh, it's yeah, I just haven't seen anything like it before. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really unique as well. And, and I think like, man, Issa Rae is so good. What a year she's having. Yep. So, but yeah, she was so good on it. And I think like it does, Adam Brody's character you can find a guy like that I think in any any field any industry who thinks he's a good guy and isn't actually and is actually probably doing more harm than good um and I think that there's lots of people who are like okay how can I kind of like Issa Rae's character like how can I be an advocate for you know insert group here while also somehow figuring out to how to survive and make money off this, you know, off my experiences or off of, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, and, and I think that's like the moral dilemma, right? Like 
how can I, like, how can we as individuals advocate and fight for these things while also understanding that most of the world does not care and doesn't seem to, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't feel like it makes a difference to push back against the stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, the, and specifically the stereotypes yeah. that are like, they're like, oh, it's so raw. And it's like they have those like key phrases that, uh-huh. that he's, he's like, oh, I like, what if I want to write this? And, you know, that's it kind of not a good movie. Not as definitely not as good of a movie, but the movie Malcolm and Marie, uh, John David Washington has a point where he's like, he's saying, what if I want to be William Wyler? What if I want to make a Western? Why do I have to make like this stuff about like heroin addiction and or whatever his mm-hmm. movie is in that movie? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's similar but a little bit lighter um, in that sense. And there's there's a scene where he's like when they realize that the book is going to be optioned for like a huge sum of money. Mm-hmm. He said, no, I want to like go for it. I want to rub their noses. And if they can't take the joke, then fuck them. And his, his mm-hmm. editor says, well, white people think that they want the truth, but they don't, they just want to be absolved. And Jeffrey Wright says, mm-hmm. fortunately for me, that's not my problem. And for a second, mm-hmm. he's kind of buying into that. Like, you know, like it's not my problem. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get a payday and I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. And then he swings back to this point of like artistic moral integrity and he doesn't want to do it, but then he ends up doing it. Um, There's just a lot of stuff like that. That's kind of like, it's really funny. And if you're not really engaging with it, you won't actually think about it. Um, So it could go both ways. And I think that's like the kind of hallmark of a great best picture. Yeah. Well, and like, what's cool is like, it is timely because if you think about how so so last night Beyonce dropped two new songs. Yep. And all of these during a like, Verizon commercial. Or she announced her new album <laughs> during a Verizon during, commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Which was crazy. Broke the internet. Which was ironic considering that was the whole point of the, the commercial. Anyway, but they're they're country songs. They're country. Mm-hmm. And people keep calling them it's from Houston. Or, like yeah, she's she is Texan. She's a Texan. She is from Houston. Um, she knows the only Texan we accept. Also, the only that is so true. <laughs> the one. <laughs> um, the only one. The only one that matters. Um, but I mean, this is something that you've seen or that we've seen a lot, like with the music industry, is like if a black artist tries to get outside of like hip hop or R and B they will somehow pigeonhole them into those mm. categories, even if they're doing something rock or even like Tyler, the creator talked about that with his, one of his last albums was like, it's a rock album, but they keep calling it like, um, what did they call it? It wasn't hip hop, but it was like urban. What is urban music? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and they called Beyonce's new songs country inspired. And it's like, no, they're, they're country songs. Just call them country. And that, like, that's the whole, like, I feel like American fiction is getting at those exact things that we are seeing. Yep. Um, and, and so it's, man, American fiction. And even the point, even the point, and this is, this could be the last thing we say about American fiction, but he yeah. goes into a Barnes and Noble and he sees his books that are like Greek mm-hmm. mythology yes. inspired under a black voices section. And he gets, he calls the kid over and he's like, 
why are these here? I'm this author. And he's like, I don't know. They just tell me where to put them and you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, it's just, it's just a clever, clever point. And yeah, really mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Go see American fiction. If it's showing near you, um, Jeff it's a fun time. is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, zone of interest. Man. Wolf. Zone of interest. Woof. Okay. So this is another Bex Bex best picture nom. I don't know what is wrong with you. Don't watch it on your mobile phone. Don't watch it on your mobile phone. That'll be it, man. Okay. How do where do we even start with this? I let me start with this. I went into this not really knowing what it was about and being floored by what it was about. I knew I was like, oh I I went with my friend Wes, who I also saw American Fiction with, and he's a big movie buff. And so on the way to the theater, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I actually know what this movie is about. Like, I know it has something to do with some sort of compound. And he goes, you you don't know? And I was like, no. And he goes, <laughs> the compound? Yeah. He was like, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go in not knowing anything else besides that. Amazing. Turns out it was about the compound. Holy cow. Yep. So this uh, this movie is from Jonathan Glazer. He directed Sexy Beast and Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. This is the first movie in like seven years. He, uh, yeah, something like that. He, um, this is in German. Um, it is about the husband and wife. Uh, I, f I forget her name, Olga. Or no, Hedwig. Hedwig um, and Rudolph... Hess, I believe. Um, but he basically ran Auschwitz. And they have this amazing life. They have uh, five kids. They have like a newborn baby. Uh, he's going to be transferred to a new um, camp somewhere else. And she is fighting against him going and tells him that she that he can't. That they have their whole life here. And all throughout the movie, you hear... When you're at Auschwitz, you never see it. It's kind of like the inverse of Schindler's List, um, if you will, because you never see anyone suffering. You just hear screams and mm -hmm. the churning of the industrial machinery that is bringing about the death of prob probably dozens of Jews every minute. And it's one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen. And the way that he ties it to the present day is well, that even that is a spoiler in and of itself, because that's, mm -hmm. that was a complete left turn at the end of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. This is one of the most astounding movies. That's like kind of the, one of the most astounding movies I've seen in a long time. That's almost impossible to recommend to someone, unless you know that they have a certain steel about how to experience movies. So, yeah. Which is why we can't really like. It's so uncinematic, but it's it could only be told through cinema, and for that reason, it's pure cinema. So it's kind of kind of a catch twenty two trying to podcast about it. Yeah, because like, man, it is it is bleak. Like, I don't know a better way to describe it. Yep, and I say that it's it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like I, I would, I would go as far to say that in this moment and maybe I'll feel differently 
once maybe the dust dust has settled a little bit on it but it, it's one of the, it's nominated for best picture for a reason like it's, it's genuinely one of the best movies i've seen of this year of, of this slate of movies and it i mean it's something i've thought about a lot since i've seen it and, mm-hmm. and it is unsettling and i yeah i agree I, like i can't just recommend it to anyone one of my friends texted me and was like hey so i know you went to go see it how was it and i was like it was harrowing like i was like it is just it's unsettling but it's so good mm-hmm. and, and so um it's like it's, it's genius also, yeah I, I like the way that it it is edited and put together is such a really cool unique way of doing that and i think it shows that you don't have to see anything to know how terrible things were yep like nothing is like you don't even you don't realize i mean unless you know beforehand but if like if you went into it blind like i did you don't even realize they're like right next to auschwitz until you see like the swastika and you're like oh wait hold on hold hold on this is this this is this is bad this is really bad and like because you could hear it like i could hear some like noise in the background and be like what is that and throwaway comments like like the jews are over there these girls come in from the village and it's like oh my gosh what yeah yeah um so it was just yeah like there's just like comments that feel like throwaway comments that are clearly not because it's like continuing to establish that there is a difference it's an us versus them situation and it's oh man it's so good yep it's like it sticks with you in a in Mm -hmm. a hard good way and one of the great like endings of any movie i've seen in in a long long time mm-hmm. so yeah highly yeah, highly recommend yeah yeah oh man yep kind of start going going down a rabbit hole if you start thinking about it too much but it's like it's an unforgettable yeah. experience so if you're if you're interested in whether whether you're like kind of an oscar completist or World War Two slash you'll watch anything historical. You this movie's for you, um, mm-hmm. but you got to be ready. You got to just mm-hmm. you just got to be ready. So yeah, yeah. Out of before we move on, out of curiosity, how many people were at the theater you guys were at? So I got to experience this at the Arkansas Cinema Society had a free screening of this movie, which I was really fortunate oh, to go awesome. see. Jess and I saw it. This isn't a long movie, which is fortunate. Uh, it's maybe an hour 45, um, hour 30. Uh, or, no, I think it's like an hour 35, hour 45. But it was a packed house. Like people, oh, people so cool. really wanted to see it. And I think that, I think that every seat was taken. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Great experience. That's cool. Um, dead silent throughout the whole movie. Just like mm-hmm. everyone was, was wrapped. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What about you? That's really cool. Our, we went to like a later show. We went to like a 930 showing and there was still probably like 15, 20 people there, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was also dead silent 
Wesley got uh, some popcorn and about 30 seconds into the film. Chomping on popcorn during the zone of interest. This was a bad, this was a mistake. This was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, Which was really funny, but um, yeah. So it, it was really quiet aside from Wesley's popcorn chewing, but anyway, but yeah, it, it was like, everyone was really sucked into it. There was, left about halfway through i don't remember what part they left and i don't know if it was for another reason or if they like didn't like the movie or it was too much or something like that but um i noticed that but other than that everyone was like into it will you ever walk out of a movie i i don't want to say i would never do that yeah but I have never done it. Would you? I don't think I would, but it just depends. Like, like it's hard to imagine something, even like we were, we joked about potting about the sound of freedom earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, uh, cause we didn't have time. But even a movie like that, that's like kind of has, you know, some nefarious funding, sources and you know the the backstory is kind of like iffy and strange and concerning mm-hmm. um i just i i don't think i could walk out of a movie unless it was like truly heinous but then at the same point like i probably wouldn't like go voluntarily go see a movie if i knew that it was going to be made with yeah. such shoddy like intent and craftsmanship so yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Also, at that point, I've already paid to go see it. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch anything. <laughs> I mean, if I pay for it, <laughs> I will watch anything. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I yeah, it would have to be it would have to be truly a horrible experience for me to be like, I don't care that I spent, you know, money on this. I'm gonna leave. Yep. Um, so yeah. So, um, anyway, zone of interest. Highly recommend. Go see it. Go see it. But be warned. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things to be warned about and to go see, Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Uh, this was the pre- passion project of Phoebe Waller Bridge and Donald Glover. It was. It's been, it feels like this has been in the works for like three or three to five years, and it's finally out. Yeah. And yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge is no longer involved with it. It is completely a Donald Glover, um, tone, and I am completely digging this. And it's not surprising, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how much of this was actually written slash directed by Donald Glover until or or yeah, um, he he directs the last episode. And then Hiro Mirai of Atlanta and Barry fame has directed the first two episodes and maybe some more. And I'm digging this. What do you think about Mr. And Mrs. Smith? So earlier when I was like, oh, did Court Jefferson do Atlanta too? It was, I, I was like, I know I looked up someone who had worked on Atlanta and it was, um, it was that guy that you were talking about. Hiro so. Mirai. Yes, Hiro Mirai. So, okay, so I've only seen the first episode, but I'm I'm in it. Like I have really enjoyed it. 
I think the um I really am excited to see the direction this movie get or the show goes. Um especially with like everyone that pops up in it. Like I know there's a bunch of people, other celebrities yeah. who just show up in it. Like you realize oh their neighbor fun. is Paul Dano. Yeah. And so I'm really excited, even though I'm only an episode in at this point. Like I I I want to sit down. The reason I haven't watched anymore is because I haven't had time to watch anymore. And I really want to watch, like, I almost want to binge it and just watch yeah, all of same. it. And I haven't had time to watch more than, like, maybe half an episode. And I don't want to do that to myself where I have to stop because then I'm going to be mad that I stopped. So, um, the man, show it's been so yeah. funny. Go ahead. No, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. I feel like we we're about to, like, kind no. of give some qualitative descriptions but it's like it's funny it's got some spy stuff it has some like funny miscommunication stuff it's like very sexy in a way mm-hmm. like the original movie is like that's all that movie is um mm-hmm. this movie is like funny and clever and thoughtful but then Maya Erskine is kind of the like we've all known that Donald Glover's talented and funny and yeah some people with pen 15 and plus one and some other stuff that Maya Erskine's been in um, know that she's really good and kind of a force to be reckoned with. And I feel like this is going to catapult her to like a new level yes. of stardom. Um, she's definitely the standout and they are so mm-hmm. good together. Like it's, but as in such an uncommon, unlikely couple. They, their chemistry is so incredible Yes, as an unlikely unlikely couple, because uh, you can in the first episode she's be like, you know, I'm in this for the job. Nothing else is going to happen. And and Donald Glover is he's not necessarily playing this like, not like a happy go lucky guy, but kind of just like a. He's like, oh yeah, this is. He's kind of granola, job. which is really funny to watch him play. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Because he like and, meditates and he mm-hmm. is very organized and he said like he's a mama's boy and he's like sensitive. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's fun to see these two very what seems like very different characters. I how far into it are you? I'm two episodes in. In the end of the okay. second episode, I was like crying laughing at the at the joke that kind of leads to the the uh you know, first time they hook up. It's okay. so funny, Olivia. It's like it's like the hardest I've laughed in a long, long time. Probably okay. since Bottoms. Okay, I was I was about to ask that question. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Maybe I'll watch episode two tonight. I I really want to because yeah, I was I was so invested in the first episode, and and when they drop off the package and they're just like, that was it. It was just a cake. Like, what do you mean? Um, and so confused, and then and then it's a bomb that explodes. Because as soon as they laid laid it down and it showed it was the cake, I was like, "Huh." Yeah, it's like that kind of show, and then it's like, "Oh no, it's yeah. that kind of show." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, it's that kind of show," which is the show I wanted it to be. Right. Um. So, but yeah, just they have such great chemistry, and they're both so charming. Yep. And you want to see them on screen more. So. The yeah, thing. No, I I really enjoy it. The thing that I, that like, it's, I'll try to like phrase this in a way that makes the most sense, but also like delivers the most, the highest amount of praise possible 
is that going back to like the way that you think you know who these people are and then like the first the first episode is slow in the sense that it's just them talking and get getting to know each other and then there mm-hmm. is a chase scene and and all that stuff but it's just them getting to know each other mm-hmm. and you slowly realize like just with one sentence uh john kind of reveals okay this is this is kind of who i am i'm kind of admitting that like i feel this mm-hmm. way about either you or i view everything kind of through this lens mm-hmm. and then similarly like the scene and the scene that at the end of uh, episode two that is so funny to me is so funny because I was kind of expecting her to like be really funny from the get go, but she's not, she's kind of like resigned, but capable, but also you can tell that something's happened to where she just has had a lot of the humor and joy taken out of her life. And the reason that Mm -hmm. the scene is so funny is because she lets down her guard and is completely Mm -hmm. goofy. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's them knowing each other in a, in a special way as performers. And then also Donald Glover and uh, Stephen Glover, his brother, like just writing incredible material Mm -hmm. for the both of them. And you just don't, you just do not see that in, in television as much as, um, as as much as I would like, it's a complete surprise. I I loved it like way more than I expected to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was hesitant to watch it because I was like, I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about the first, like the, the movie, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yeah. And, and I it doesn't really care about any of that yeah, sort of stuff which with is, uh, Brandy Honestly, I'm glad, like I'm glad because that whole thing is, is a terrible situation anyway. Um, but I remember seeing someone like I don't remember who the writer was, but they they were like, "How are you supposed to like do a remake and you take away all these things and make the plot line so different?" Because like the whole point of the sh- the movie was, you know, they they were a married couple who didn't know that they were spies for opposing agencies that were working against each other, and then this is like they are spies who are put together and supposed to act like a married couple. So it's like almost the inverse of the original concept. And then that guy later was like, never mind to take it back. This mo- this show is great. We love it. It mm-hmm. works on so many levels. And I was like, okay, all right. So like, this is good. Also it's Donald Glover. And so we love him. Like you and I yeah. both really like Donald Glover. Yeah. So. Awesome dude. Close friend. So Close friend of the pod. Donnie, as we like to call him. Donnie. And yep. Donnie is going to be in the community movie that is oh, happening yeah. apparently. So yeah. very excited about that. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, not to completely change the subject, but maybe community, maybe community could use a little reboot. Yeah, I think I think that they could, especially the last like season, maybe two seasons. Got real weird, real meta. The, Unnecessarily. Uh, the scene with Jeff and Troy about like that's racist, that's gay. Like, oh yeah. Oh that's that. homophobic. That's that's homophobic. That's racist? That's gay. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that man really has some of the greatest greatest. So scenes. good. Great writing. Yeah. Great writing. Yeah. Um, you can see Madam Webb. 
I'm seeing it this weekend, so I'm gonna be talking about it at least a little bit on the pod. Okay, you gotta go. All hey, right. go I'll, see it with I'll go, go see I'll it go with see your it. crew and just laugh and have a great time. And we'll I <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll see so what Scott, happens. See where Scott, the web texted, weaves. Where the web weaves. Um, Scott texted Tyler and he was like, "Hey, let's go see Madam Web." I was like, "Are you you really want to go see that?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think I think it could be good." And like that was like four weeks ago and then last week i was like hey do you want to go see madam web still it comes out next week and he goes so when i said that i'd only seen the teaser trailer i had not seen the full trailer and now <laughs> i have zero desire to see it i was like okay, it's all right i knew i knew from like the the teaser trailer i was like this this i'm kind of worried about this and then the oh yeah old trailer with I know him. He was with my mom as she was studying spiders uh-huh. in the jungle right before she died. I was like, I'm seeing it. Like, I have to. It's like I, I, I'm, I'm magnetized. Did you see where an interviewer asked Dakota Johnson if she had seen that it had become a meme, and she was just like, "Why? Why did that become a meme?" <laughs> and he's like, "They just took it out of context, and so it's like become a meme." And she goes, "You can take anything out of context, and it can be like I don't understand why that." became like she just was so adamant that it shouldn't have become a meme and i you know now that she said it it makes sense like why did it become a meme i don't know but it's it's funny to me still but golly i love watching her interviews because it's just like she's she's one of the great like she's low-key yeah the reason she's so she's kind of in the aubrey plaza zone but not as famous as aubrey plaza but she's like Mm -hmm. just so deadpan and like Mm -hmm. like does not give a shit and yeah she's been saying like I had to act a lot on a blue screen and it was really hard. I don't know if this movie is going to be any good. <laughs> it was so funny when she said that. And oh, then man. like the, all the promos they've been doing, she like one, she was like, you're going to love Madam Web. In fact, I think you're going to see it twice. And someone was like, why is this movie? Why is this promo tried to seduce me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's the deal. She's probably one of the best Nepo babies. Yep. Like, I think Hands she down. just she has to be up there for sure. So did you see when she hosted SNL and she did a um what are they what are they called? The the three guys who Oh yeah, the the please don't destroy. Please don't destroy guys. Yeah. Um she called them <laughs> Yeah, she's like really uh, mean to them. <laughs> yeah, she's like so mean to them. And then they call a truce and she's like, all right, Nepo babies unite. And then two of them are Nepo babies and one of them's not. And they're like, no, 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 you, you're not included in this. And then she calls them the the reject Lonely Islands or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so good. She's so yeah. funny. Love her. So, I'll be at which least, is funny because I didn't think I would. I'll be at least um, giving a status of report about Madam Webb. So... Uh, who knows? Oh, I feel like I have to go see it. Maybe it's a masterpiece. I'll go see it. Nah, we pull, we, uh, hey, we pull, you know, different weights on the pod. So, yeah. Sure. It's all good. We'll, we'll see if I can get someone. To, my brother's coming to town. Maybe I can talk to him to go see yeah. it this weekend. Yeah. Just so. have some brewskis and go have a good time. Yeah, that's what we should do. So, yeah. anyway. So, we're going to talk about that next. Anything else? I don't know. Definitely Madam Web. So it's the only one that matters. That's all that matters. We're only going to talk about Madam Web. Yep. That's not true. We'll talk about other stuff. Maybe maybe the finale of True Detective coming out. 
next week. Oh yeah, I'm too excited. Well. Actually, it will have come out by the time that this podcast goes up. So, oh, no. get ready, so get ready for all your get true ready. detective questions if you made it this far. So, yep, yep, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Uh, I I've been meaning to say this for a long time. Um, I've been I've been following a cat that's called or a in a Instagram <laughs> account called Transformers Cat. And it's a guy who holds his cat up to a ring doorbell. And right as there's the drop in what I've done, he meows. And then it goes into like directed by Michael Bay and like the hardest <laughs> part of what I've done. It's really funny. <laughs> so it's like. So good. I send it to my buddies every so time funny. I come across it. It's one of those like Instagram accounts where it's the same thing posted over and over. Oh, man. Incredible. That's incredible. Yep. On that note, thank you for listening. Meow. Please remember to rate review. <laughs> exactly. Please remember <laughs> to rate review and meow. Subscribe. Our art. Thank you. Macy Lemus. Our music. Thank you. Gordon Jocks. Jordan Cox, both Little Rock artists. They're awesome. Go check them out. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about Madam Web and right. return of uh, so if if we're, we got two Swagular Kalevin questions. Uh, so the next one is the Phantom Swagular. We're getting another one from him. I know we are. So, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, Olivia, hope you have a great night. Hey, you too, Isaac. Be careful setting spiders with your mom in the jungle right before she died. Yeah, it's dangerous out there. It's how my mom died. Yep. I can't wait to see a bad version of Spider Verse. It's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh... Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.